upset my cat so much. <laughs> we're all upset, Ryan, honestly. Oh, yeah, oh. we're all upset. We're all upset. Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from a booth in the otherwise empty Johnny Rockets on the top floor of Pacific Place in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today. We're just outside the restaurant, emaciated mall sprites that reside in the sacred space of commerce are desperately tossing loose change from their tiny green hands up and over the railings consecrating the grounds below with their hopes and dreams for the market. That's right. We're here. We're doing the show. The whole gang is here. But instead of any introductions, I'm just I'm just going to go into something really important. <laughs> the Olympia Police Department is in the process of clearing the downtown Olympia Red Lion Hotel after it was forcibly occupied by a group identified as Oli Housing Now, a homeless activist group. Employees of the hotel have been safely escorted out of the occupied hotel oh. after sheltering in the basement <laughs> through the afternoon and part of the evening. Oh. <laughs> At about 11 a.m. today, people inside the Red Lion began calling 911 to report a group was attempting to forcibly take over the hotel. <laughs> OPD oh. received reports that the employees felt under threat from the group and that an employee was allegedly assaulted. Employees reported that some members of the activist group inside the hotel were armed with items such as hatchets, oh. batons, knives, cool. and gas masks, helmets, and goggles, apparently in preparation for a confrontation. They sound like a rough and tumble bunch. OPD <laughs> estimated about 45 members of the group inside and outside of the hotel. Oh, well, that <laughs> sounds <laughs> truly harrowing. Yeah, they report that the group was led by uh, Dennis Leary and that they were trying to take the Taco Bell <laughs> and the new San Andreas or whatever. <laughs> uh, that from the city of Olympia. Um, uh, press release from yesterday uh, describing, yeah, the intense scene at the Red Lion in Olympia where a mob of hatchet-wielding Antifa anarchists uh, stormed the Red Lion. Uh, a lot of you probably heard about this. Um, went down yesterday afternoon into last night. Uh, basically, um, I mean, you've all read cop press releases before. This is like this. This whole thing is pretty remarkable, though. I'm, I'm going to take us through basically what I, I gather went down. Um, it basically bears almost zero resemblance to this, the sort of uh, first few paragraphs of the City of Olympia press release. Um, it is basically seems to be correct that like at, you know, 11 a.m. Sunday or something around that time uh, or sometime earlier in the morning, uh, a group of activists with a organization called apparently called uh, Olympia housing. Now 
in seemingly an attempt to, you know, in some ways replicate uh, what was done in, in Tacoma with Tacoma Housing Now uh, last month, where they uh, housed, you know, uh, people in a hotel there uh, in a similar type of action for at least uh, uh, over a week, I think. I, I'm now yeah. I'm forgetting, mm-hmm. but um, this went down very differently. Uh, basically, what I from what I gather from the uh, the Olympian newspaper from this report from like what the Oregon other people who are there were talking about on Twitter is that they checked in a bunch of people paid for one night for like 17 rooms and then uh, housed something like 35 people in those 17 rooms um, unhoused people from the area uh, this group of uh, activists um, they, like I said, paid for the rooms and then, uh, that having happened when the hotel staff got wise that, uh, these rooms weren't being, uh, booked and paid for to house, you know, people with homes somewhere else and jobs, you know, upstanding members of society, those, uh, the hotel staff, uh, flitted away, locked themselves in a closet in the basement, <laughs> called the police. R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Called the police to and told them, we are locked in a closet. Oh, my God. So that the police could then say, uh, call this a hostage situation, which they did. Uh, they They do that in this press release later on. Probably where they quote RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they called it a hostage situation, which allowed o- OPD, Olympia Police Department, to then respond like it's fucking terrorism. And they came in in the evening uh, after this press release was put out uh, with full SWAT team, surrounded the building, blocked press and anyone else, uh, arrested several people, basically... Uh, the group of people, the activists who supposedly were strapping fucking hatchets. Uh, this is now, it's now been over 24 hours since this happened and no fucking cop photo of all these weapons has, has, uh, appeared, you know? Well, that's because uh, cops are very serious about their job and definitely wouldn't just take that opportunity to try and score a quick PR victory. I mean, yeah. you know, they're very upstanding individuals. Yeah. They, de- they wouldn't, they wouldn't just be posting, uh, pictures of that evidence if they had it because they're more responsible than that yeah uh so um a bunch of people were arrested they basically went floor by floor uh clearing the entire hotel including the people who were already staying there some of whom were all unhoused people who were being housed there uh through the to uh city program uh here's an interesting one before the so even this is still the olympia olympia city uh, press release before the occupation qu- occupation the booking of these <laughs> rooms right the activist group had earlier reserved 17 rooms which were occupied by currently unhoused individuals as the occupation occurred <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah yeah they they got hotel they paid for hotel rooms as opd yeah. clears the hotel the city's crisis response unit is connecting those this is basically the, you know, navigation teams of Olympia yep. is connecting those unhoused people to services. They're being services. connected to services. Yeah. Services. <laughs> services. 
they will not be allowed to remain at the hotel. The commotion is supposedly all these activists are, are occupying the hotel when really all the actual reports are like there were they were there were activists there other than the unhoused people who were serving everybody pizza in the lobby is what it was actually happening when the cops yeah. showed up, shut everything down. What I find so interesting about this is, um, well, uh, first, actually, we'll go to the uh, I'll, I'll just sort of explain. This is from the Olympia Housing Now press release uh, where they say uh, FEMA provides counties 100 percent funding for houseless people who are over 65 years old or at high risk of contracting COVID to stay in non-congregate shelter. Not only would this save lives by getting people off the streets, but would also support local businesses by giving hotels money during the challenging economic times. It's a win-win for Olympia and all of Thurston County. Failing to use this money would be irresponsible for both public health and the local economy. So the basic idea here they go on to talk about is that they paid for these nights, one, the first night, with money they've raised. Um, and the idea then is to force the hand of Thurston County to take money that is on the table from uh, Federal Emergency Management Administration to house these people indefinitely for the pandemic. This is a program that apparently exists where they are paying out and that really the county just has to ask for it. Uh, this is the claim made by uh, Olympia Housing Now. Uh, we tried to get someone on uh, from the organization to talk about this. They're probably very busy or possibly in jail. I don't know. Um, so... You know, that hasn't happened. Uh, sounds like a sound plan. Uh, you know, a society, a city, a county that actually gave a shit about people being on the street in the winter in the middle of a pandemic might want to take advantage of that. But what's interesting about this thing is, and we know what went down in Tacoma like last month, right? I, I think it's pretty clear that both the hotel chain and the city and the county uh, wanted to avoid that happening at they all saw cost. what happened and they're just like oh no 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 like this whole nothing. yeah this whole shit where the staff went locked themselves in the basement called the cops and this is like this has got to be a prearranged game this is this is training from management that was done in coordination with the cops yeah like, that doesn't they, just happen right yeah they, nobody's instinct is to go no. into the basement and lock yourself in a closet <laughs> and then call the cops right like, and well, then yeah. and Insane. know the thing to say which is and this is what gets me because it's in the press release and it's a bizarre thing to say we are basically i think they were told by management in consultation with opd I think right. the hotels reached out. I think they probably have done I'm this sure. everywhere. I think they reached out after Tacoma and said, how we deal with this in the future? How do we prevent this be from becoming like Or as soon as they got wind that it was an organized effort, like they reached out to the police department like, yo, like how should we handle this? It wasn't sure. some like, oh my God, mm -hmm. we're running to the basement. We're calling right. 911. And we're we know at risk for our lives. Like, there are no, pictures relax. of the manager of the hotel who's on duty, like sitting in his car, like window up to a, a crew, cop cruiser, like for hours, like coordinating the whole thing. Oh my God. Uh, basically, but yeah, basically whether it was, whether it was corporate training that went around and is around the country everywhere now that they were in communication with local PDs of how to deal with this, or they called the management, called the police, uh, you know, when they first realized what was going on and had the in conversation like sort of way yeah. and got the, yeah. and got the instructions where the police told them, okay, here's what you do. Lock yourself in a room. Yep. Call us, have your people call us from that room. Say you're locked in a room 
so that we can say it's a hostage situation and come in and clear the building like it's fucking Munich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be the tactic from here on out. When I, I think, interestingly, I mean, this has like a somewhat spiritual connection to what ended up happening with the, the GameStop stonks or whatever, which is that <laughs> you can, uh, you know, the whole idea is like, oh, if you're an activist group, the state leaves people behind or whatever, you can uh, take advantage of the situation. You're not taking advantage, but you can, you can play within the rules, right? You can go right. buy some hotel rooms and then ask for the state to use money that's on the table. And basically the state's stepping in and saying, oh, no, 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 no. Like you, you can act and you can participate in society, but not that way. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. You not know. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> like we actually decided uh, just now that's, that's illegal now. Yeah. You know, you know, like just like the rules and like confines on acceptable ways to participate in society. Yeah. That yeah. just like suddenly just goes out the window now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, when uh, the power of capital feels challenged in any way, yeah. you see how quickly those rules yeah. change. You just take away the buy button on your brokerage. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah no, no, the plebs can't now, buy anymore. Now to yeah. be fair to Olympia housing now and these activists, uh, I think I don't think these people are totally unaware of that reality. I think they were trying oh, this, and I think I, in this, I but I will take it. Yeah, yeah. Like the press release is titled "Olympia Housing Now Takes Motel for Emergency Pandemic Housing." <laughs> That's pretty legit. <laughs> I like this detail from the Oregonian. The Oregonian story is uh, very detailed and has a lot. It's it's a good piece of reporting. Um, it doesn't sort of it's not putting the spit. It's you know, it's still got a lot of bullshit in it, but it has a lot of details. Um, and what I like this one, the con- so the concierge desk was empty when the Olympian arrived around noon and no employees were visible. They'd gone to the basement. Uh, several, <laughs> Im- several or- organizers brought boxes of paper towels and ramen upstairs and nowhere in this, by the way, the Olympian who arrived at noon, their reporter, do they mention mm-hmm. seeing the fucking hatchets and knives and shit Anarchy. that are mentioned in the yeah. bullshit Olympia press release, right? Which, yeah. yeah. But so several organizers brought boxes of paper towels and ramen upstairs. About a dozen <laughs> people were sitting in chairs looking at their phones, reading zines, one of which was titled, If It's Vacant, Take It. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and this uh, is. So, shout out to these rad people yeah. who probably That's got a lesson. Awesome. I mean, there is video of a fucking stretcher being wheeled into the hotel in the middle of the fucking melee. So, you know, uh, OPD beat the shit out of some people, whether it was, you right. know, our unhoused neighbors Ugh. who were trying to get a fucking roof for the night or um, some yeah, of these OHN activists. People. Some of these probably marginally housed activists. Uh, they, the OPA basically shut the fucking block down. We're like locking all the other guests in the hotel were like locked in there until they were like escorted, like, you know, with their heads down out by fucking goons in suits. People, other parts of the block were like stuffed in their homes, like couldn't get their cars out and were like totally get back in their fucking like whatever. Like a total fucking militarized mess and all based on a fucking lie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Interesting. You know, as he pointed out that the police saw axes and whatever, and, uh, a normal person on site just saw paper towels and ramen, but (laughs) this is one of those things that, you know, homelessness is going to get worse, right? We know that we're facing a major eviction crisis. We know that no money's coming, that basically we're in this sort of long decline of the American empire. And I think this these are the early signs of how capital is going to respond to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're going to 
fight it every step of the way. Yeah, it's not just a you. We can sit here. It's easy for us, you know. We, you know, with the uh, the immortal science on our side, to look ahead and say, "Look, this is astrology. all astrology." <laughs> yeah, astrology. Yeah. This is all going to collapse. We just we have to house people, and it's going to come to a head, and it's mm-hmm. going to be ugly. So why don't we do it now? But that's not how it works because ultimately it is a fucking dialectic. They are going to fight every step of the way mm-hmm. against that reality, and the what the synthesis that comes out in the end is going to be for that reason something that's still shitty, even if what whatever comes, it's going to be you know it's going to be a battle the entire way all along, yeah. you know. Well, their current proposed synthesis is to put the homeless in a prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Island. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we we've been seeing it for you know since basically about the early to mid nineties, depending on what city you live in. But uh, you know, as uh, real estate inside cities has become a speculative asset, you know, more and more of the job of the police, right, a larger percentage of their job is homeless control. And, yeah. you know, I think that's that is a trend that is going to continue. That's just going to be a bigger and bigger part of what they do. Like to take it in for a minute, they, they released a SWAT team to if to grab and evict people who had paid for their fucking hotel yeah. rooms. Like mm-hmm. because, because they were the wrong people, they were the, the wrong fucking people because it became known that the people who they had let in who they had taken the money of were, were, you know, the filth of society, were the dregs, mm-hmm. were fucking people who don't matter. And they would rather not <laughs> take the fucking money, this hotel, than have those people there. And the whole system, would the whole, the city is, oh, this, that's the other thing, this, this press release from the city came out like early on in this shit, like before the fucking all the cops were even there, like it's it's fucking mm. wild shit. Um, it's clearly everyone, a setup from the beginning. Everyone was fucking in one way or another was ready. Again, at what stage, what was ready? It's hard to know, but you got to imagine everyone like is ready for this shit to go down. The the local governments, police departments, fucking hotel chains, and landlords. You got to know are having these meetings. And they are working this shit out. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, tactics are going to have to change, you know? Yeah. I mean, people, they were serving pizza in the lobby because on some level, again, I'm not, I, I, these people sound really awesome and they don't <clears> sound <throat> particularly like uh, fuzzy headed about this. But at some level, they must have thought, God, well, hey, th- we got we paid for it. They swiped the credit card. They took the cash. They yeah. They, we, they gave us the room keys right. and we got yeah. everybody probably up through the back stairs up into their rooms and are probably breathing a sigh of relief for about 10 minutes before it all goes to shit, you know, before they even they don't probably didn't even realize the 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 staff had had quietly slipped away and uh, were locked in the basement, like calling the entire like the cops, the corporate office and the <gasps> Chamber of Commerce, you know, mm-hmm. wild, dude. Yeah, it is wild. Yeah, this is class war, man. Uh, that's not the only wild wildness going on in uh, the greater Puget Sound region. We've got a story here from uh, one of our uh, correspondents on the scene on the peninsula, Cassidy <laughs> Butler. It is me. So take a listen to this. I want to welcome Mayor Armacost to the program. Thank you. Good morning. The small community of Squim, Washington. And the next question is, 
for the mayor. Has a big question for the mayor. Why do you publicly support QAnon? Question after question. <laughs> QAnon and the mayor are the talk of the town. Mr. Mayor, excuse me. We, you owe it to the citizens of Squim. Residents fear that Squim, population 7,000, may be the first to have a QAnon conspiracy theorist in power. William Armacost is the mayor. It does not influence me at the role of a city council member and mayor. But you still believe it? Um, I am not saying that I believe that. That is QAnon, <laughs> the ludicrous conspiracy that a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles are part of a deep state plotting against Donald Trump and operating a global child sex trafficking ring. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wow. It is ludicrous that uh, the cabal that of Satan-worshipping pedophile deep state is plotting against Donald Trump. It's clear that they've just decided to ignore him <laughs> at this point and uh, let him out as a limited hangout. <laughs> Uh, and let him fade into obscurity <laughs> without really so much as a burn notice. Uh, but now to our uh, Peninsula correspondent, Cassidy. What can you tell us about what's going on out there? Uh, we just heard that from CNN. Hey. So, you know, Squim is not used to, you know, having like the national attention. The most that like the Olympic Peninsula has gotten in recent years is like Twilight, you know, <laughs> and that's like Forks, not like um, Stephanie Myers doesn't even mention Squim. Like she talks about Port Angeles briefly, <laughs> but like Squim is not even and mentioned because it's basically just like. Yeah, LaPush, that's like part of a uh, fork sort of area. And so like Squim is the little retirement town that is also part of Clown County. Um, and something that's like interesting about Squim is they have um, what's called like a weak mayor system. And so the way that works is like they still have a mayor, but like it doesn't really mean anything, you know. Um, and so the person that actually like runs the city, quote unquote, is like a hired manager, which like that in itself is like that needs to be unpacked for sure. But um, <laughs> that's what it is. And so like love to live in a democracy. <laughs> right. I oh, know. Cool. But the real so the reality is, is that like nobody's really cared about the mayor position because all it does is like you run the city council meetings. Um, and so like people don't run for mayor. It's like. People are just city council members and then they get appointed, if that makes sense. Like From they, among the, the city council, council decides who gets to be the mayor. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this William Armacost guy. Um, so first off, he has never been elected to his positions like um, opposed, if that makes sense. So first off, mm -hmm. he was appointed to his position in 2018 as, as a city council then he was. As a city council member, he was appointed oh. um, because um Basically, it's one of those positions that it's a small town. Nobody else ran. He came to the meeting and he fucking got the position. Like, that's mm. how it works. Um, and so he was appointed in 2018. In 2019, he ran for the seat unopposed and won. Um, and it's like at this time, he wasn't doing anything wild. Like, I think, you know, maybe he was conservative-ish. But this is like a retirement town that's not super wild, you know. Um, but then, yeah, so elected in 2019. And then the Peninsula Daily News headline, um, again, just kind of reiterating, like, the limited power that mayors have. Um, so January 2020, it was Squim City Council members elect salon owner William Armacost to lead meetings for the next two years. It didn't even say like, you know, elected mayor. It's just like he's the leader of the meetings. Um, nice. So 
that's that's like, you know, what it is. Nobody's ever really cared. It's kind of just like a ceremonial thing. Um, but like recently, Armacost has been like going wild. Um, so in August during like one of his, he does like one of those things. It's like coffee with the mayor or whatever. And like um, because of the pandemic, I guess he's been doing it on the radio. And so he called um, for residents to look into QAnon. Um, hey, so, hell yeah. Yeah. So if you want to play the CNN clip at 125. Few in this quiet community two hours from Seattle expected the mayor's monthly radio broadcast to include a message like this. QAnon is a truth movement that encourages you to think for yourself. I want to encourage you <laughs> to search for Joe M on YouTube and watch his video starting with Listen to Come Town. <laughs> so yeah, that was like his official like yeah, um address to the city. And so like Again, the mayor is just kind of this placeholder thing. And so after that happened, the city manager, his name is Charlie Bush. Like, he's the one that actually runs shit, you know? And so he issued a statement being like, yo, that is super inappropriate. Like, anything that our mayor is saying does not reflect, like, the city of Squim. It doesn't reflect the city council. You know, just, like, doing what your typical, like, government person does you know like covering their ass um didn't like talk any mad shit about him or anything it was very much like a pr statement you know like this doesn't reflect the squim city council it doesn't reflect the city like they're trying to make sure the tourism and all that sort of stuff doesn't get fucked up you know um but like this is a QAnon guy so he sees it as like the children cassidy Right. Like Charlie Bush is fucking in with like the pedophiles, probably according to him, you know, and it's like he needs to be taken out like he is not good for C or for squim. Um, And so like ever since then, this mayor dude has been like coming for the manager um, and it's just been super crazy. So not only that, but between um, now and like the summertime. So during the summertime, you know, there was black lives matter protests all over the place, like even in squim. And, you know, it was only, you know, maybe 15, 20 people that were showing up. But again, like for a little retirement town, like for stuff like that to be happening, it, w- it got a lot of attention um, locally, you know? And so yeah, not only like the show last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's what happened is like, because I'm not saying because, but like, because of this sort of mentality, these sort of people, like this group and squim of like people who are all about this Armacost guy, QAnon, that sort of stuff. Um, they basically all came together and decided that like everyone who was at these black lives matter protests were out of towners and they needed to be like ran out of squim. And so they were followed like over 50 miles all the way to forks, like with guns out of their fucking cars, like following these poor people. Um, and it's like, so yeah, that's why like that Charlie Bush dude, it's like, he, he had to take a clear stance and like, it's a good thing that he did, you know, but, um, because he took that clear stance, like, uh, the mayor has really been coming for him since then. Um, and so on January 11th, um, 
he like, cause yeah, he gets to run the city council meetings. And so one thing that has happened since, um, like all this QAnon stuff, like between now and January is three different city council members have resigned because they're just like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. Like I can't work with this guy, but here's the thing that fucking sucks when people resign. Somebody gets appointed. And so guess what? Three people have been appointed in the past year. And they're all, you know, like, I'm not going to speak on these. Appointed by the Q mayor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So. So now we have a Q council. So now. This is like the Soviets fucking boycotting the UN. It's like, it sounds cool, but. Yeah. You know. It's so. The UN invades Korea, you know. If you want to learn more, listen to Mechanical Freak History (laughs) Podcast. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So it went from being like a pretty balanced um, city council to there now being um, three either, you know, sympathizers or QAnon people. I don't really know. Um, I mean, if you're going to make like an appointment like this as a power grab, like (laughs) this guy, you know, these people are these people are in on it. He's not just like, oh, maybe I'll get some I'll just find some random person like, no, these people are. Also, way. one of them is yeah. named Mike Pence, so like bad vibes. No way. Right. Come yeah, on. dude. Come no, I'm come serious. On. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh. so yeah, like uh he basically set himself up for success and like these sort of little city councils and like positions like this, people don't pay attention to them. And so again, it's not like five people were showing up for these appointments, right. you know? Um, and so it when was like you showed up to a, a city council meeting where that was on the agenda, you nominate yourself or someone nominates you yep. and then it just, that it happens like that. Right. Yeah. And no, I mean, this is the yeah. sort of thing that like as socialists, we need to like be really fucking aware of this sort of stuff because like this is how you fucking build power. And like this is yeah. the gross version of it. But like the reality is like there's this kid named Jordan Sears in Gold Bar, Snohomish County. He's like 19 years old, a socialist. He's gay. And like he's the youngest gay person to be on a city council ever because he was the only person that showed up in an appointment meeting. That's it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He has ran every, like he ran again two years later and it was unopposed. And like, now he's like the deputy mayor or some bullshit. And it's just like, yeah, I'm obviously winning these Seattle city council races. Like that is important, but like we can fucking build power like this too. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, mean, it's similar to look, I mean, Monia, like, you know, you sh- totally up to these democratic meetings and look you're like now a big wig in the the uh state democratic party so it's whoever the fuck mm-hmm. shows up honestly like that's such yeah. a huge p- piece of it and so yeah like um basically that work of like you know appointing people running for positions that nobody gives a shit it paid off for him um yeah. and so yeah colin if you want to read that piece from the daily beast yeah, so Will Summer in the Daily Beast writes, at the January 11th meeting where Armacost was asked whether he would commit to not joining any future QAnon insurrections, the council later went into a private session hidden from the public. At the end of the session, the council voted 4-2 on a surprise motion from Armacost demanding Bush's resignation as city manager. Squim's local government observers were initially baffled by the move to push out Bush. The reasoning hasn't been public. Although Armacost critics suspect that the mayor moved against Bush for two reasons, criticizing Armacost's QAnon comments in his statement last year 
and refusing to block a Native American tribe in Squim from building a medication-assisted treatment facility in the town, a topic that has become a hot-button issue for conservative voters. So let me unpack that a little bit because that's just like a whole other fucking thing. And so, yeah, like no shit, like the tribes um, around here, they are one of the biggest providers of medical care here. So, for example, like when we had um, our vaccination clinics a couple weeks ago or the drive ups that they did for people, it was all leftover vaccinations that the tribe gave to the city of Squim. And was just like, we want you to have this. And like, they ran the Mm. whole thing. They did the whole thing. Like the doctor's office that I went to my entire life was on the Jamestown Clown tribe because like that was the only doctor's office I could go to in rural Clown County, you know? Um, And so one of the things that they're doing is they are trying to, you know, there's no fucking housing or like uh services for people who are homeless or who are dealing with drug addiction and stuff like that out here like if you want to do that like you have to go somewhere else more often than not i think there's like 10 beds in the entire county and so they want to fucking help our community and build a uh basically like a rehabilitation facility that also has like um hold on what do they call it again Uh, Yeah, like medication assisted treatment. And like that has become a whole thing amongst like these QAnon people, the conservative people in Squim um, that like they have been trying to like shit on the tribe being like, you can't do this. You're going to bring a bunch of like drug users into our town, you know, like just the typical typical NIMBY behavior. Yeah, but it's not even like. I mean, this is how it's not even talking about a safe injection site. They're talking about a, like a methadone clinic or the it's other a, drugs, you know, like. Right. And it's, it's like, like it's, that is that is literally just one small piece of it. It's not even a yeah. methadone clinic. Like, it's just that like that's part of the treatment that they would provide. Right, because yeah. guess what? Like the Olympic fucking peninsula is the worst hit area in the state for o- opioid like deaths and shit like that. And so like we need these services. But instead of like, you know, wanting to help people, it's the same sort of mentality that these fuckers in Seattle, like wherever you go, it's like they don't want to help these people. They want to punish them, you know? know they want to throw them in jail um and so that's what this QAnon guy's been doing too and so again like that traditionally the mayor like they can say whatever the fuck they want but it's the city manager that actually does things and so he's been working with the tribe like totally about it like wanting to get it done because it's the right thing to do um and so between that and between um Charlie Bush's statements just saying like, look, like um, the mayor doesn't like represent us. Like we're not about QAnon. They fucking pushed him out. Like it's wild. Well, yeah. So they essentially launched a, a, like a coup, right? You know, they launched a coup and basically like at this point, there is no one running the city of Squim because the mayor doesn't actually make any of these decisions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They just effectively forced him out and like, the lawyers for the city of Squim, like they don't even know what the fuck they're doing because they're like, do we defend the mayor? Do we defend the, the other guy? You know, it's just like, they don't, nobody even knows what's going on. So yeah, like I have family that works for the city of Squim and they found out that their fucking boss got fired from the news because nobody from the city of Squim told them what was going on. Um, because like they have all just been shook by this, like nothing like this has ever happened. 
Yeah, are you safe talking about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it's really crazy because, yeah, like, rural Washington really is just a different game. Like, it's wild. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it, it's it been kind of the talk locally. And then, like, it started to blow up on Twitter, like, a couple days later. And I remember, you like, somebody in our group chat dropped it in there. And I was like, dude, like, that's where I am right now. And you guys mm-hmm. are like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, this is where I grew up. I'm staying here with my family because, like, as many millennials, I am unemployed and living with my parents. And, yeah, like, this is the reality that I must now deal with. Um, so pray for me. Yeah, no kidding. Prayers well, up. Well, Holy shit. But hear me out, though. So Squim is inexplic- inexplicably has that E in there, right? The S-E-Q-U-I-M. Yeah. Making it six letters, mm-hmm. all right? Donald, Ooh. six letters. Ooh. The Sixth Amendment is uh, has to do with criminal prosecutions and the right to speedy public trials, mm. all right? I'm just saying, connect the dots. All right, wow. follow the crumbs. Follow the crumbs. Yeah. I and totally. I we Where we go, one we go all. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, but, but uh, if I could just throw in real fast, I, I think you're right about this thing about you know these rural towns and whatnot. I mean, the left for the most part, to the extent that it exists, I mean, just gave up on rural America a long time. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, no, and so that's the thing. Like the Democrats aren't even running like centrists. They're like like they're just not yeah, running yeah. anybody. So it's like yeah. that is the prime opportunity for socialists to come in and just fucking take it. Well, it's what a party is. Right. Like essentially, like you're talking about a party in electoral system. It's a thing that organizes uh, people to and trains people and puts people in place to take these positions of power. Um, And in a in a strong party, it's it's a membership from that determines who those people are going to be, and then uh, puts those people there to an extent that it doesn't even matter who those people are because they're, you know, uh, they serve Right, a, like, a the, the ideal for DSA would be, like, to have a bench of people that are just ready to fucking go, that it's like, oh, a position is open, we're putting you in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. right. that would be, be so rad. Uh, and who, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you, yeah. That, and you get people to vote for the DSA, um, the, you know, the DSA. But you don't even need to get any votes a lot of the time. Right, right. In cases like this. But that's the thing. That's what's happened here with this, with Trump and with QAnon. The phenomenon, which are basically the same phenomenon, is really about the, him having drawn into politics people who have been never involved in it or thought about it for five minutes in their life. And Mm -hmm. that is... He's activated all these people, um, and then it's you know it's gone in lots of different directions. Like QAnon is this this sort of focus of a lot of energy, but it's th- these are people who largely, and I know them in my own life, who have not been paying attention to anything political. No. Would never have would not follow. Don't follow the news. Aren't you know weren't previously online like following tidbits of anything, and are now obsessed. And that gives. 
Like a guy like this who probably, who's what? He's like a biker and a salon owner. He's right? a salon so like- owner. Also, like, um, <laughs> oh I was God. reading the Seattle Times article about him, and I guess he's part of some, like, uh, multi-level marketing thing of course, as well. Yeah. Of course, like, yeah. Like, one of those of things that claims that, like, it protects you from COVID. Like, one of those sort Oh, of it's things. like a new mutation. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, so when I was at the dog park a couple days ago, like, there was, like, three super nice cameras like a film crew and I was just like dude this has to be about the QAnon thing like I just knew it was and um, yeah I got a text from my family member who works for the city later and they were like yeah dude it's fucking it's the QAnon thing it's CNN Um, and yeah like (laughs) CNN isn't coming out to fucking squim Washington very often and so like you know (laughs) people were shook Um, and yeah like I just think this last clip um, from him is really good if you want to play that I never said I believe that. I believe there are, unfortunately... You called it a truth movement. Um, what I call is the opportunity as a patriot <laughs> and as an American citizen <laughs> to seek truth. So basically to me, this is like if an Ari Hoffman got appointed to a position and like actually went ham. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah, he's just, he's a, a fucking joke. It. He's a joke, but like, yeah, um... We're lucky that Ari Hoffman ran for a position that he was never going to feasibly win. Like, there's people yeah. like this fucker all over the country. And, like, CNN can be like, it's the first QAnon mayor. And it's like, it's not. Let's be real. Like, there's fuckers like this yeah. all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like. Fucking Marjorie Green Taylor in Congress. Yeah, like, right? Yeah, they're in Congress. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Congress. So, like, okay, CNN. Yeah, there's probably mayors and fucking council people all over America. There's probably thousands of them. Right? But, yeah. like. Um, so again, like this guy has never won an election where he ran against anyone. And so like the initial like knee jerk reaction was like, oh my God, we need to do like a recall against this guy. But the reality is again, like for a town like Squim, that would be so expensive, like a huge effort. And so like, um, local organizers are just focused on like finding a viable candidate to run against him and they will win. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, right. Especially with how like high profile this is and stuff. Um, so I don't know when his election is, but I know that the three people who were appointed, they are up for election this November. And so that's the other thing the organizers want to do is like, they're just going to take all three of them out. And so like, if those three like are replaced with decent humans, then that guy no longer has power. They take him out of the mayor position. Because, again, it's the council who decides it, not the people. He's just a council member. And so then he's just one council member again. And so then, like, you run someone against him and you take him out. Like, if he's just one person, he has no power. But um, it's the problem is it's him plus his three appointed minions. Like, he has has 4-2 power, so they can't do anything right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Uh, Yeah, wild shit. Sounds like everything's going his way right now pretty cool yeah yeah so uh stay tuned i guess Just yeah extremely normal and regular stuff going on yep. over here cool well we'll be we'll be following that exciting uh election coverage week to week as uh the polls draw near in november yeah dude i want to unionize some of the um like city council position it's like the people <laughs> who are yeah. running it, be so running. i'll uh, yeah. loop y'all in for sure cool 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 <laughs> yeah that brings us to our uh last story of the evening another doozy yeah this is uh <laughs> this is right up our alley 
in this in Seattle, uh, our local barons have been invited to skip the vaccine line. Uh, very cool, very cool stuff. Oh wait, what, Greg? I thought I thought that like I was told that that would never happen. That we have a queue and a and a process. Oh, we yeah, got a queue, we, all right. What about the system, <laughs> Greg? Yeah, well, we've got uh, yeah, we've got all these the phases and and uh, strati and I, I don't even know what it's called, but uh, yeah, uh, what do you know? What do you know? Who could have predicted that in our system that is built not to provide services of any kind and that is totally unequal from top to bottom that in this vaccine rollout, most people would just fall through the cracks and through those cracks would slip the rich. I mean, who could have predicted exactly that happening? Well, Greg, I, for one, find it hard to believe that the wealthy would use the social power that they gain from their money and their ownership over property and whatnot to seek some sort of social advantage. Uh, Somebody really should write a book about this explaining it all. (laughs) Yeah, they should totally do that. So they were jumping the line to get vaccinations because they, what, fucking donated to the hospital? So they, well, they get well, bursies. we'll find out. So the Seattle <laughs> Times has like a pretty good story on this uh, from a few days ago by Evan Bush, Michael Riker, and Sydney Brownstone. Uh, Colin, you want to dive into some of that? Yeah. So the headline here is Overlake Medical Center donors got special access to COVID 19 vaccine. Inslee rebukes hospital system. Last Friday, Molly Stearns, chief development officer at Overlake Medical Center and Clinics, emailed about 110 donors who gave more than $10,000 to the Eastside hospital system, informing them that highly coveted vaccine slots were available. Dear Overlake major donors, the email read. <laughs> I like that very clear. That, that Hamilton you slipped them will not get you. <laughs> Need the Benjis, baby. Yep. We're yeah. pleased. It doesn't say major debtors either. <laughs> yeah. We're pleased to share that we have 500 new open appointments in the Overlake COVID-19 vaccine clinic beginning this afternoon and tomorrow, Saturday, January 23rd, and next week. The email gave the donors an access code to register for appointments by invite, that's in quotes, only. Last week, the public-facing Overlake registration site was fully booked through March. Oof. (laughs) The, The email and the appearance of favoritism that an Overlake leader acknowledged was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> getting caught was a mistake. The, no, saying the quiet part out loud was yeah. the mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which raised wow. eyebrows. Overlake shut down online access to the invite-only clinic after getting a call from Governor Jay Inslee's staff. <laughs> access they built. Right. Mm-hmm. Overlake says the vaccination slots were not offered exclusively to donors. Just invite. Also, donors only just got the link (laughs) come to my only site guys donors are people too (laughs) but also to overlake board members some patients volunteers (laughs) employees 
and oh, retired Jesus. health providers, some 4,000 people in all. Hell yeah. All who registered were supposed to be eligible for the vaccine under current state rules, the email said. The invitation was a quick-fix solution after the hospital scheduling system failed, said Tom DeBoard, the medical center's chief operating (laughs) officer. We're under pressure to vaccinate people who are eligible and increase capacity, DeBoard said. In hindsight, we could certainly look back and say this wasn't the best way to do it. (laughs) Good job, bro. (laughs) The state's glitchy effort to vaccinate millions of Washingtonians has relied heavily on hospital systems who have been provided little logistical support, an unreliable supply of vaccine, and fast-changing guidance on who qualifies and how to reach them. Now, after state officials expanded eligibility, a crush of seniors angling to book appointments has added to the strain for hospitals, which have been left to their own devices to manage the chaos. The Overlake invitations raise questions about whether the messy system gives those with influence, access, or technical know-how a better shot at the vaccine. It's almost like ex- almost word for word what I said on this podcast like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, like almost word for word. Wait, paragraph. are you like, saying that our predictions are coming true again? They are. They are <laughs> what? Like in wow. rapid succession. <laughs> like, kind I of hate to see it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, we need to stop. Well, <laughs> like, it's very bad. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's worth noting. I mean, going back to our last story, right? Uh, when some people in small towns believe there's like a pedophile deep state that's working against them. Uh, at the exact same time that this story was announced that they, you know, had set aside 500 uh, vaccines for the pedophile donors to this fucking hospital, uh, Skagit <laughs> yeah. County, Skagit County also, I mean, just south of, of Clallam, right? Skagit County announced that they were only going to be able to vaccinate 100 people because they had no vaccines. Uh, Snohomish had to close down a bunch of it, three of its major vaccination sites because they had no vaccines, right? And over here, they're basically like, hey, you know, uh, if you got this level income, come on in. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And it is all predicated. (laughs) Yeah. So hard to believe these people think that that the world's run by a pedophile cabal of wealthy freaks. (laughs) Well, and but you know, how that theory catches on yeah yeah right yeah very strange just not as mm-hmm. it's not like as simple as saying like oh my you know obviously like the the evil rich are gonna like find are gonna buy the vaccine you know briefcases are gonna be exchanged money for vials and like somehow mm-hmm. this will happen this is literally exactly what we said on this podcast that our system is fucked and broken Mm-hmm. And at every stage, it is going to be a f- just absolute mess, including the fact that there just aren't going to be ever enough vaccines for everybody to go around. It's going to go on for years. But through all that, even but that mess that's going to stop most people in America from getting the vaccine ever or on any kind of time scale is not going to stop the rich. It, they are going to find by a million different ways. I mean, there are other stories. Uh, there are stories like this popping up all over the fucking country. People taking like flights to like like chartering private planes to get to like remote uh, uh, Indian reservations and right. shit yep. like this, like to like somehow jump 
a line. No, because uh, again, no, the only reason that like people at the age of like 60 were allowed to get the vaccine out here is because the tribe had so much left over that they were willing to give to the city, like in this rural little area, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so if you've just like got some cash and you want to fucking fly out to Squim or like one of these random ass places, like you're mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, so that sucks. And yeah, it's just like the only reason this shit's being called out is like, I was trying to say, it's like, they're just saying the loud part, like, uh, or the quiet part out loud. And it's like, there's there's screenshots. Like, it's like, it's the, if there's no screenshots, it didn't happen. And like, you know, normally it's like this sort of stuff goes on behind the scenes. Like we know what happens, but like, it's not so fucking blatantly in our faces to where Jay Inslee's like, y'all like, can we at least like tone it down a little? Like... Yeah. yeah, of Jay course, Eden, like, Inslee in, knows this sort of shit's going on, but he's like, "Hey, like, we need to fucking put a cap on like, this because he knows how bad it bro. looks." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And that's what you know. That's what a lot of them are even saying in with these comments is like, "We know this looks bad." Like, exactly. Uh, hot under the collar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just incredible. Like, uh, this. It's just. Uh, it's just so funny that like even on the level of these people in this hospital system, like when they, they were faced with a, a situation they didn't know how to handle. Somehow the thing that came up was email the donors. It's like, it's almost like (laughs) our entire society is just built like that, that the underlying assumption of everybody uh, is we have to serve power. Yeah. Okay. So I guess like, I want to bring y'all back to literally like on the day 40 years ago. This is when okay. Trump just got inaugurated, right? Oh my God. And um, we were all know, celebrating it, privately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were all in hipster coffee shops uh, whispering how yep. much we actually appreciated our, our president. Um, Being overheard unbeknownst to us by New York Times yeah, calling us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it was all unbelievable. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, libs on Twitter and just like, you know, just people on Twitter were. Um, attracted to that account uh, called Rogue White House Press. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or like mm-hmm. Rogue what Rogue White House staff was the yes. name of the account, uh-huh. and, and it was all like, and it was all just like it was ran by some just dude in Tennessee, but posing as basically <laughs> a White House staff, being like, yeah. like we we don't actually support the president. Like the Epic. president is holding man- Manila envelopes that say crime on it, and it, and it has like a hundred a <laughs> hundred pages in this Manila envelope, and, it, and Trump looked me dead in the eye and said, I, I love to do crimes and I do all the yeah. crimes in the world and then stormed <laughs> off and everybody gets like 100,000 likes and retweets. Yeah. That's, that's basically this, but just in real life. Just like, yeah, donors, just come on down. Get the vaccine. Like, you know, you, you're a top donor. You're like, we're just going to say it just as like a slapstick farce. Like, it's, it's there's mm-hmm. no finesse, no anything. It could this This shit could be made up, but it's real. Well, and part of it is, I mean, they could write write in the thing. I mean, they don't have to because everybody knows they can do this, but you could just write like, hey, if you show up and a poor is in your way, uh, just kick him out of the way. <laughs> you know, just like maybe hit him with your car to get him out of your way, right? And the thing is, like, part of the reason why this stuff is just so in your face and everybody just says the quiet part out loud is there is no opposition to it, right? Like, there's no, like, yeah. actual, I mean, people get people get mad, Right, but getting mad doesn't mean anything. No, they don't even go mad. They go, no, just be quiet, quiet, quiet. Shh. Like they don't get mad. They're just like, no, don't say that though. Like, yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, even people like 
um, like us or on Twitter, like our outlet is like basically like from a consumer, right? Like I want to talk mm-hmm. to the manager, right? It's like, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. There, there's no <laughs> totally. actual like power that we can wield with this. It's like, I no. need someone to do something about this. Someone needs mm-hmm. to hold them accountable, right? Because at the end of the day, we're fucking like powerless over this shit. It's yeah. totally right. like all of these so systems wild. have been grind down to a pulp to the point where we're just like sitting here. Like, this is, like, the best we can really do to even amplify this. Because if so, it'll just go under the fucking radar. Like, they had... There's a reason why they felt so confident to just, like, blatantly mm-hmm. put that in text and blast it out in a mass email. You know, like, that that, that doesn't come out totally. of nowhere. Well, yeah, like, there's, there's, no, there's no consequences, right? Because, I mean, what's anybody going to do to them? I, worst case scenario, you have to say, sorry, my bad. Um, but, like, you know, if you had, say... Uh, like a radical nurses union or whatever with like power, right? You could shut down the hospital over this shit, right? Or yeah. if you had like, it, you know, if you yeah. had like actual, you know, uh, like pieces of working class power, you could do something, but we don't, right? So they can just say shout. I mean, this is the same thing with the $2,000 checks or now they're like, oh, actually it's 1400 and you're a fucking moron if you thought it wasn't. Like, I mean, they can do that shit, which is literally just spitting in your face yeah. because what are you going to do? You right. know, in the end, they're going to tell you next time, hey, you're going to have to vote for us anyways, because, uh, you know, the other guy's a Republican. And, you know, most people probably will. But like, yeah, I mean, this is this yeah. what it is. If there's, if there's no, if there's but, no yeah. like class consciousness, if there's even no. like an argument that America is like even class conscious to the point where we operate like an actual working class and view ourselves as such. Right. And not just as consumers. Right. Um mm-hmm. And there's an actual like organized labor structure around that, that it it truly actually, you know, under capitalism at the very least pulls like levers of capitalism right in our favor, not socialism, but at the very least, Mm -hmm. like holds power with under capitalism. There's nothing there with the U.S. There's not even a semblance that we're even a part of an organized, not even an organized, but just a part of a class struggle in general. Right. Like there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just like free range it's like fucking like just like getting a machine gun in a small pond to like just like shoot up the fish like that it that's yeah. how it is to the capitalist right now it's like well, open capital season. capital is organized and they have their agents everywhere including yeah. the uh over lake <laughs> medical center uh <laughs> chief development officer meaning fundraising person molly mm-hmm. stearns who was sitting around was had been pacing in her office, you know, for weeks, thinking, "How am I going to get the vaccine to the, my donors? How am I going to get the vaccine to my donors?" Then this came up, and she went to the other powers at the hospital and said, "I can solve your problem. I can email the donors," <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they went, "Okay, yeah, yeah. go for it." And the, the fucked up thing about all this is. Uh, like when I, you know, I can't, you know, we've had we've had different we had different predictions at the beginning of the year what vaccine vaccination is going to look like at the end of the year. I said thirty percent, and why I said that was, uh, as we go through this, the uh, we know the whole thing is fucked. We're not producing enough vaccines. We're not getting them out. We're letting some spoil. It's a fucking disaster. We don't have the infrastructure to do this. But it's worse than that. It's a compounding problem here because the more of these like of our ruling class that gets the vaccine, the less any there is going to be any like the less uh, they care if we get it push yeah. to get yeah, yeah. to distribute it. Even now, the attitude of the Biden administration seems to be and 
you know, a lot of the narrative in the media generally is we've got the vaccine and like full stop, like we've got, it's happening. Not any, Mm -hmm. you know, now, of course, there are stories that are out there that are telling us this isn't, but like, you can already tell they're pushing toward that. They're getting to that point where they're just gonna be like, it's all good, guys. And the more of these fucking uh, donor, more of the donor class, more of these rich people get that vaccine, the, the, uh, you know, more of a reality that is going to settle in to where like COVID-19 is just a thing that kills 100,000 people a year for the next 40 years, you know? Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, speaking to that, Seattle Times, you know, just had an article in it, right? Uh, basically written by the Gates Foundation about how uh, Seattle's going to learn from like Port Angeles schools about reopening. Wait, what? Entire- <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> that's bad. You guys, that's yeah. where I went to school. And I just want to say that's fucking bad. So, <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, if you want to see, you know, sort of how this is playing out for the rich, right? I mean, the Seattle Times just had this article written by the Gates Foundation that, uh, you know, sometimes reporter put their name on. But uh, it's about, you know, reopening Seattle schools based off of what was happening uh, with Port Angeles schools, like modeling after Port Angeles. And the whole thing is the article takes as a given, look, nobody's going to have vaccines. Nobody's going to be vaccinated. And the base of the article, like the bulk of it, is literally all about like, look, students have lost the labor discipline of sitting in class, right? And yep. being quiet and all this kind of stuff. And we're going to have to regain that labor discipline. And they even have a teacher in here who says like... What's their name? Yeah, What's co- their name? What's their name? Sorry. I don't uh, know if they're uh, my teacher. <laughs> no, they're a special ed teacher. Okay. So probably not yours. But, uh, they're, but anyways, they have a teacher in here who even says... Like, yeah, my husband has a heart condition. And yeah, I worry every day that I might bring COVID home and essentially kill my husband. That's so bad. But, you know, teachers got to teach. Oh, <laughs> you know? and, and so, I mean, I think, you know, to Greg's point, I mean, this is how the wealthy view it. The more they get vaccinated, the less they care about the disease. And the more it's just about how is this affecting, you know, uh, our control over labor, labor discipline, things like that. That becomes top priority, you know, as indicated in this Gates Foundation article, right? That the Times posts as its own material. That's yeah, so Brian's bad. not exaggerating. That article is like basically not about how uh, they prevent from spreading COVID-19. It is just about like, gosh, boy, these kids these kids we really need a whole new program to get them back from this online learning shit you know they're having midday snoozes as opposed to being diligent at their work just like (laughs) dude that was happening forever trust me but that's cool Uh, uh, you know it's literally the like panic that you see from like the wealthy here about the concept of the siesta (laughs) like wait hold (laughs) well it's just like i love how they're apparently like you know concerned about like you know kids mental health or like their safety and conditions but um like that fucking high school has been deemed like earthquake unsafe for the past 25 years and had like asbestos in the ceilings um so like you know if they're really concerned about like the well-being of these kids like like, it's just kind of weird that they only care about, like, their behavioral issues, but not, like, that we're breathing asbestos. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they're very clear. I mean, they go over, I mean, over and over again. Uh, 
who here is still adjusting to waking up early? A teacher asks after the morning bell. I mean, it literally is all just <laughs> like, are these kids going to be like, pa- have a Pavlovian response to bells ringing and getting up on time? Like, it's literally capital saying like, look, this could fuck up our next round of Amazon warehouse workers. So you bad. need to get this together. Um, incredible. Wow. Okay, so to take yeah. us back briefly to the uh, the Baron skipping the vaccine line again. Our uh, soon-to-be ex-mayor, Jenny, not soon enough, but uh, (laughs) weighed in on this. So Seattle Times had a story, I believe, the next day, also from Sidney Brownstone and Mike Riker. um, The the headline is, Seattle mayor calls on Washington state to ban special vaccine access to donors, (laughs) route vaccines to community health clinics. Okay, so this, this is... Jenny weighing in on this terrible travesty uh, where uh, rich people like herself. I mean, she probably got that. She was probably on the list. Yeah. 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 um, She's like, I got to cover my ass quick. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And this is it. And I want to, it's very short. There's one main, the first quote and the biggest block quote from her in the whole thing uh, is this. Not only are communities of color. So she's talking about, oh, this is a travesty. It's sort of paraphrasing her. Ooh, this really raises concerns about limited vaccine supply. And she says, not only are communities of color disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, many black and indigenous people of color communities are hesitant to get the COVID-19 vaccine due to systematic racism perpetuated by government and the healthcare system, Jerkins said in a statement. The statement continued, unfortunately, the recent stories of preferential treatment by providers for financial donors, coupled with the struggles of communities to vaccinate their most vulnerable members, show even more starkly that these systems are failing communities of color. And first of all, obviously, she's correct about that. Like uh, AP just put out a story. You know, I mean, this surprised absolutely no one, but they said uh, an early look at 17 states and two cities have released racial breakdowns through January 25th that found that black people in all places are getting inoculated at levels below their share of the general population, in some cases significantly below. A lot of places, it's basically like close to half what you would expect for a population. Again, no surprise there. Jenny is not wrong about that being rooted in systematic racism and white supremacy. But it's interesting to me that this is her sort of main statement on this story, right? There's two things about that. Like, first of all, it's an interesting sort of chapter in how race and white supremacy is used. Like, I mean, if historically it was used in this country and still is to, uh, deny solidarity between like working class whites and working class or previously, you know, enslaved blacks in this country. But now it's also like being used in this context to deflect from the actual story here, which is one of class, which is one of rich people. Like she doesn't come out and say, we cannot let these rich people think they can, you know, step ahead of uh, the line for everybody else in the virus. Instead, she wants to talk about, just just deflect that completely and talk about systematic racism, which in this context basically 
it, it doesn't say anything about our crumbling like actual system that isn't going to get vaccines to people. She's not talking about how, you know, this is a problem of capitalism and power, rich people's power that they shouldn't have like she herself. And all it's really saying, like if you take this logic to its end, it's saying like, well, when we have only 30 percent of Americans by the end of this year or whatever low number it is, including all the rich and most of the professional class, when all those people have been inoculated, well, gosh darn, we will have succeeded if 12 percent of of those arms are black. And it's mm-hmm. like fucking low bar, man. Well, I think, too, the it's, uh, you know, her comment about like pivoting to this, like, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, concern about the vaccine in black America or whatever. It's it's the same thing that when Hillary Clinton was asked about breaking up big banks and she was like, hey, I just don't see how like regulating or breaking up big banks will end racism. Right. Mm. Or it's this <laughs> yeah. bizarro pivot yep. where it's like, yep. it's like, motherfucker, we're talking about rich people literally clubbing the poor out of their way. And yeah. that what we already know, which is that COVID is just a, a, at this point, I, I don't know how you call it anything other than essentially a planned genocide of poor people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which is the reality. And right. of course, like the black and indigenous people, because of the way class manifests itself in this incredibly yeah. racist white supremacist way are going to get the fucking shit end of that fucking all shit stick. But like, mm-hmm. Well, it's not like Ginny proposed a plan to improve that situation. Right, right. right. Again, you just know, saying she just like she just wants to get the good sound. That's bit the key, and like, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the funny thing about the Hillary Clinton's comment of like, okay, well, what's your plan to end racism? Then and it's like, oh no, that's not why I said that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I think you know it, it was interesting. I mean, the Seattle Times story where it's like, look, you know, it highlighted something that we talked about a little bit on the show, but you know, this COVID pandemic's been going on for almost a year in this country and over that time not a single bit of public health infrastructure was built including not one stick of infrastructure to uh facilitate this vaccine rollout and the whole time we were told like look hey we have to accept this enormous amount of covid deaths because eventually we're going to have a vaccine and they didn't even bother to prepare for it and of course in the state of washington they just dumped it on the hospitals and said uh wing it i don't know figure it out right and of course this is the result. But the New York Times literally just had a big story about the vaccine rollout in uh, New York and what a disaster it was. And what do you know? Uh, Governor Cuomo ignored all his public health experts who've now all quit. And basically, one was apparently determining uh, uh, his sort of public health policy on the fly and announcing it at press conferences. So, you know, hospitals would have to watch press conferences to see what they're supposed to do. Well, the health dumped- department would. Yeah, and he just dumped it on the hospitals and told them to figure it out. And it turns out that he completely ignored his own health department and just let lobbyists and fucking hospital donors write the fucking policy. And surprise, surprise, justice in Washington, it has led to this enormous disaster as far as vaccine rollout in New York. And I'm willing to bet that if you look in California, it's the exact same story. And that if you look in pretty much any state in this fucking country, it's the exact same story. And some places you know, it's that, probably that even worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a choice though. That was a choice that people made. They could have, you know, the ruling class could have built public health infrastructure. They could have done what other countries did, which was prepare for a vaccine rollout. They didn't do any of those things. Cause they honestly 
They don't care if it kills a million poor people. And well, that, in, that in would important be a ways, good thing for them. In important ways that really they couldn't have made that choice. Like, I mean, depend. You know, it depends yeah. on how you frame it. But on on there, they were incapable of making that choice. Not just because of their moral failings, which are there, but because there is no, because their position in our political economy, like, does like completely precludes that. And which is why well, they the have Democrat- to go. They got to go. Yeah, the Democratic <laughs> Party just ran an entire primary, which was the only election they tried to win, uh, that was all based off of denying people health care. Right? Yeah. Their entire primary was about uh, essentially limiting access to health care. So it's like, you know, you shouldn't be surprised when the political class that this is the reaction to a public health disaster. They, they don't see uh, they don't see <laughs> your well-being as their problem. Yeah, oh, clearly not. Yeah, I mean, it's an argument not to trust these people, uh, the Democratic Party or our general like ruling class, the donor mm-hmm. class, the philanthropists. So it's it's evidence that should convince uh, more people in this country that you can't fucking trust these people uh, to save you. Um, you know, but, but what it, what is beyond that? I don't know. Damn. Well, that sucked. And all because of a fucking Scorpio sun, Aries moon, Bill Gates. <laughs> we hate to well, see you it. know, Bill Gates and his friends got the vaccine early because they just got it when he built the virus in his lab. So, <laughs> yeah, he, had a, he has Damn. some tests going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fucked. Um, oh, yeah. So. Definitely, everyone, check out the Patreon episode this week coming in a few days. Uh, hey, we, we've got uh, the new uh, star chart readings. Uh, Cassidy, you want to just give a little plug for that? Oh, uh, I just finished a joint. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's it. That was the plug for that. A, it's uh, been a long a night. But yeah, like this is Taurus vibes only. Like that is all yeah. I'm going to say. Okay, well, yeah. that, uh, that's good Taurus enough. Vibes and um, vibes and like is the collaboration of a century. We're just like working. <laughs> we're working through a lot of stuff, you know. I feel good about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we learned a lot about each other today. Totally, yeah. yeah. And if we have special learn... special guest Justin too. Yeah, Justin yeah, got his J-Roll. chart read also on the Patreon. We talked to uh, Munya about what he's going on his new roles in the Washington yeah. State mm-hmm. Democratic Party. Which, mm-hmm. like, as a Scorpio, we're not surprised that he's taken on those leadership mm-hmm. roles. Like, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, when we condemn the Democratic Party, we mean every aspect of it. You know, from uh, people on rules committees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the only thing the Democratic I, I, Party... I am now, apparently, the, the bourgeoisie, now that yeah. I'm, like, on a state rules committee. Hell yeah, our, the, the establishment... The Exactly. And the only thing Democrats care about is rules. So it, it is true. That, that, you that, want to that, that is like to be. <laughs> the heart of the party. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like love and hate to see it, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Scorpio way. You yeah, know, it gives, exactly. gives you those like mixed confused emotions. Like, ooh, I don't even know how to think right now. Totally. Yep. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. I think we have some new patrons, right, Colin? Yeah, three new patrons. Welcome to the fold, Ross oh, Henderson. Baby. Let's go, Ross. Andrew hey, Ross. Evans. And I hey, think Andrew. while we were recording the last one, Holy some something came shit. through. 
Oh I think my goodness. Helmy08, who maybe is rejoining the fold. So welcome. Ooh. Welcome, welcome. Patrons. They Let's saw go. the new additions. They're like, you know what? I'm fucking back. Like, they're they're like, like oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lord uh, forgive yeah. me. It's time to go back to the old me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god. god. Well, welcome our new patrons. We love you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're our favorite people. Little freaks. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. That's our new that's name. That's the new branding. Little little freaks. Freaks. We, we really got to push this branding, you guys. I'm just uh, saying. Freaklets. Like, yeah. Freaklets. <laughs> yes. Freaklets. Oh, okay. Like there we go. <laughs> right, so good night to all our freaklets out there and sweet, sweet dreams. Hopefully one day we'll be able to put them on a TV screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Totally. When we get the HBO deal. Yep. <laughs> okay, good night, everybody. Now it's time to say good night. <laughs> good night.